the year is 2021. And the podcast idea is to talk about our top five favorite albums of the year. Speaking of variety, um, my number two album, uh, Nathan may have heard of this one, Typhoons, A Royal Blood. Are you serious? My number two. It is my number two. Dude, let's go. Yeah. I'm not going to say why he may have heard of it because I don't want to ruin anything. But okay. um, <laughs> I, this is just a fun album. I mean, for anyone who's listened to it, it's just a bunch of just... Yeah, I can't talk. Um, full of a bunch of amazing riffs. It's a bass player and a drummer, just the two of them. From the England. Gu- from England. The guitar you think you hear is actually a short-scale four-string bass pumped through a bunch of pedals and into a dirty amplifier. And it just gets this huge sound. And it's just groovy. Um, it's fun. So... Without further ado, this is the song Million and One. cool that really mm-hmm. reminded me of mute math mm. interesting i hadn't made that connection before really but, yeah um that is one of the tracks in the album that has a lot more synth than some of the other tracks it's also not one of the popular ones on that i just i just like it a lot that ending part is so cool um and i could have picked any number of tracks on that one i honestly i love pre- almost every song on that one but yeah. I just like that one especially because of that the last 30 or 40 seconds on it. Yes. Mm. So my number two is the same album. I do not know how this is possible because <laughs> we did not – none of us talked about this. Yeah, it's uh, true. Yeah. And this was open to literally any album that came out this year. Mm. Also, I don't – I mean, I know this album was popular. I didn't think it was that popular. Like I thought this was going to be the album I picked that no one would have even heard of. <laughs> So I never heard of it. I, you've been talking about this album for a while, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So yeah, yeah. I I listened to them for well, I listened to their first album a lot, and then I think it was a self titled, technically. And then I didn't really like their sophomore release, um, but my coworker started listening to this one, and so I listened to it, and I just fell in love with it. 
So my relationship with them is very different. I found out about them because I I was on Amazon looking at like upcoming vinyl pressings because they have like a, a pre-order page where you can just look at what, what's coming out soon. And this was on there mm-hmm. and I saw the cover art and I was like, that's kind of interesting. And so usually when that happens, I see an interesting cover, I'll go play it on Spotify. And I played it, some of the tracks, and I was like, oh, that's cool, they're kind of groovy. Um, and then I didn't think much more about it. And then e- Amazon sent me an email that was like, hey, you know how they do, they track what you do. And they're like, you might be interested in this, like on the day that it actually released. And I was like, oh, sure, why not? You know, it's a cool cover. I remember kind of liking the music. Uh, and then I uh, I put the record on while I was home doing stuff, like doing chores or whatever. And I was like, oh, interesting. This is kind of cool. And then I, I kept listening to it more and more. And then like more intentionally instead of just in the background. But the funny thing is because I have pretty much only ever listened to this album on vinyl, I didn't really know any of the track names because it was just like, this is awesome music. I just, it just keeps going. So yeah, then I, um, I, uh, I got a couple of my friends to listen to it and then I went and tried to listen to their other stuff and I did not like it. So like, Mm. this is the only album from them that I like, which is interesting. And you listened to the first album they put out. I don't know that I did. I think I listened to their second album. The second album, like, how did we get so dark or something? Yeah. yeah I didn't like that one. Yeah. So honestly, yeah, if you haven't listened to the first one much, I would encourage you to do that. Okay. It has a lot of good ones. The thing that I like about these guys too is they really remind me of one of my favorite bands, which is I don't know how, but they found me. Um, that they did technically release an album this year, but it was a deluxe edition of Razzmatazz, so I didn't, I wasn't able to have it on the list. Uh, Razzmatazz came out in 2020, but they, they're so good. Um, and they have kind of a similar sound. So, um, anyways, with no further ado, I did, did I pick Oblivion or Boilermaker? You picked Oblivion. Okay. But I can play Boilermaker if you want. Uh, I don't really, do you have a preference between the two? What do you think is a better track? Mm, I like Oblivion a little better, I think. Yeah, let's play that one. thoughts exactly can't believe that that is a bass yeah it's cool yeah i didn't know that was a bass actually Mm -hmm. that's That's awesome crazy yeah i'm like i need to go home and learn how to play these songs (laughs) (laughs) um and then wish i had the pedals to make the sound (laughs) (laughs) um i really like both of those those tracks yeah, I need to listen to this album for it's, sure. It's a very consistent album. Very. Like, if you like those, you'll like basically every track on this thing. So I just looked them up, um, and I saw the their previous two albums, and I I don't know what I've heard from them, but I recognize the album artwork of both of them. Mm-hmm. And so I know I've heard something. You may have heard, like, Figure It Out. 
from their first one, perhaps. Maybe I couldn't tell you. That was I think that was a big single. I think it came up on like a like an Apple Music mm. station at one point, um, and I remember liking it and thinking it was cool. Um, I don't remember liking it as much as what I just heard. Oh yeah, I've definitely seen that artwork before. Yeah, so I I'm gonna have to check that album out for sure. Yeah, it is currently the highest ranked album if two of us put it at number two so <laughs> that's true when you when you sent me your track list today i was like sick dude that's, that's on crazy it. all right let's go and i i had actually picked million and one i we didn't double pick or anything nice. so that was that was neat nice cool nice i think that's enough said on that go listen to typhoons by royal blood seriously my number two album of 2021 is um by a band that i is very beloved by me for the last uh 13 years rise against and their album nowhere generation um rise against is one of those bands where it's like anytime they're like hey we're coming out with new music it's kind of like i know what it's going to sound like and i know i'm going to like it like they're very consistent but Mm. again kind of in a good way not in a way that's like, like when, when it comes out, it's like, oh yeah, this is Rise Against and it's awesome. It's not like do something different, you know, like it, it's still really good. That's interesting because there's a few bands, like we mentioned Churches and Chevelle that are like that, that we've picked yeah. for this top five. Yeah. Um, and so I think Rise Against like fits that mold very well. Um, they have like, they have, it's, they're one of those bands where I wouldn't even call their style really unique. But when you hear it, you're like, oh, I know who that is. You know what I mean? And so it's it's not really super unique, but it's very, like, distinguishable, I guess. Um, and, like, they've they've stuck with it. Just, I mean, from, from the style of music to, like, the lyrical content and the message and everything, they've been very consistent for their entire career, um, which is cool. So with the exception of, I guess, some of their earlier stuff is, is heavier. But... Um, but yeah, I just thought this was a super solid album. Um, again, it's called Nowhere Generation, and the song I chose is called The Numbers.
That'll do. <laughs> that kind of sounded like what in my brain. I don't think this is a genre like pirate rock almost. Dude, in, <laughs> instantly, like 30 seconds in, I was like, this is what a pirate would play when yeah. they're on their ship about to raid. Yeah, or dude. like about to go off, go off on a raid. That's Thank what you. they'd play. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> this half of the table is like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, oh, come on. Just listen to the first 30 seconds. Yeah. Like the intro stuff? Yeah. Okay. So that, I was going to mention, because I saw your guys' faces, this is the first track on the album. So that's like the intro to the whole album, basically, which is why it's got that. Hmm. But I think even like the inflection they used kind of get, it sounded almost not flogging Molly, but more like yeah, I can see that. I don't know, totally. Yeah, like I feel like little, Pirate Rock, a little Celtic Bardello. It's That's, a little Celtic is must, what it is. Yeah, hmm. Celtic. I've never heard a Rise Against song before, so there you go. That you yeah, never heard really? a Rise Against never song ever. Before? That bass I think tone, you. I probably. Dude, I mean, maybe oh, I have, but tones, I didn't know. Oh man, I think. I think you probably have and just didn't realize. Yeah, probably. Um, we talked about Guitar Hero 3 earlier. Mm-hmm. Prayer of the Refugee, that's Rise Against. Oh, okay. Then I um, guess I have. <laughs> you know, I I liked it, except for I'm not sure about the different drums at the end. I when they love changed that it up, they did that. Which is, different. is interesting, and I, I, don't know if, I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. It was interesting, though. It was cool. I'm glad they did something different. I'm just not sure if I like it yet. Yeah, I, I love that they did the the different drum beat for that last chorus. Um, one, because I just love, like I hate songs where every chorus is exactly the same. Um, and it's, it's almost like, I mean, I think there's just, there's something I like about like this disruption, I think, which is like that, you know, the chaotic kind of metal and stuff that I like also where it's almost hard to like, at first it's hard to kind of pin down like, okay, this is exactly when they're like hitting this beat. Um, and that's what that last chorus feels like. Like it, the chorus feels mm-hmm. very comfortable for most of that song. And that last one is like, Oh, like something's off. Like yeah. the snare does not come when you expect it. And like, yeah, I, I really like they did that. Yeah. I, I liked that. I also think that rise against is like one of the relics of punk, mm-hmm. like real mm-hmm. punk or not, maybe not like real air quotes punk, but like what the punk genre has left. Because yeah. I think a lot of it has turned into pop punk, mm-hmm. or a lot of it has turned into emo or hardcore. Like that's punk. Yeah, I well, I would argue Rise Against is kind of skirting the line of punk rock, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I mean they definitely have the punk roots, like the super fast drums in the verses and stuff, and like the the it's almost a rise against cliche. It is a rise against cliche at this point where like after a chorus or like a big moment where all the instruments fade out and then there's just a driving bass left. Like, um, that's a thing that they do a lot. Um, but I like that what they did for that, like the first verse is very guitar driven and then they go into the chorus and then it fades out. You have that driving bass and then that verse is just bass driven. Like there's, there's not a lot of guitar there like there is in the first one. And so I think what they did really well with this album is, exactly what we're describing where they don't do just the same thing instrumentally for like, okay, this is verse two. So the instruments will be the same as verse one, but the words are different. Right. Um, which I think they have done before in, in some of their songs where there's not a lot of distinction between like verse one, verse two or chorus one, chorus two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that they did a lot more with this album that I really appreciate. Word. That was good. I liked it. I would, I would raid the high seas to that. 
<laughs> we'll play Sea of Thieves later. <laughs> Perfect. That's a pretty good game, actually. It's really fun. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is my number two album. We have Manchester Orchestra with the Million Masks of God. Here's Bedhead. Roll that track. This is the part where you find out that was a different track. added that album to my apple music library yeah it's it's funny because manchester orchestra has been around for like a while but i feel like it's pretty universally agreed that like this is the best thing they've ever done yeah it was funny because i was looking up um this was a couple months ago actually i was on reddit looking at a thread of like what are your favorite albums of 2021 and this was mentioned multiple times on reddit which i thought was fascinating Mm -hmm. but and I, yeah, I've listened to it a few times and it's super solid. I know you talked about it quite a bit. Um, did I re- do I remember you mentioning that there's like folk elements in the last half of this? Yeah, so the next few songs, it does a very slight turn into folk and then turns into very like mellow, acoustic driven ballads. And hmm. so this, this is a concept. It's not a concept album. It's about one of his family members um, going through Alzheimer's. And so there's a kind of a, a soft like progression into from like kind of chaotic into like melancholy. And and I feel like that kind of makes sense with like what that disease is. Um, but just what a, I mean, what a like the, my favorite thing about stuff like this is like every instrument is doing something different where it's almost like they're all playing different songs but you put them all together and it works so well. And I love that the the hook is vocally driven. It's not guitars. It's not drums. It's mm-hmm. him and his incredible vocal ability to just to, to shape. Oh, and, and when I close my eyes and listen to the song, I, I think of like a peak. And then it's another peak. And then another peak. And so uh, just the instrumentation, the electronic aspects of it, but then the shreddy guitars too. And then his, his incredibly like soft, yet like just broken vocals. Like this, this album, I'm not kidding you, is absolutely worth every second of the listen. And I listened to it at first a few times and didn't like it. And I remember thinking, this is why I don't like Manchester Orchestra. Was was my first reaction to this album. And then I saw the music video for. Um, shoot what is it uh a telepath 
and was kind of like, oh, that's like a really beautiful song. I said, just, I'll, I'll just go pick up that album and give it a second chance because they have a ton of copies of this exact pressing at Cactus. So I picked it up, listened to it, was instantly in and was like, I'm an idiot. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> and then it became my second favorite album of the year when I was literally like, screw this. I hate it. <laughs> and so I just, I mean, like sometimes you have to be in the right headspace, but I, I think Bedhead is just such a, it's a banger. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And all the songs are very different. Right. So like that, nothing else really sounds like Bedhead. Yeah. Which is, that was the first song I listened to on the album. And I kind of expected the rest of it to sound like that. And it didn't, which kind of put me off a little bit, but I need to, this has reminded me that I need to go back and listen through it some more. Me too. I listened to it once through and I think I came to the same conclusion of, eh, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to give it another shot. Yeah. Which it's, I, I tend to love music that grows on you. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that there's something beautiful about missing mm. missing it and coming back to it and being like, no, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And th- those always, I mean, like, I hated Blink-182 for years. And they're, like, one of my favorite bands now. <laughs> and so I, I think that there's a lot of value in reassessing. So, And just, you, you know, like, oh, you go for it. I was just going to say, you know what they say, the songs you grow to like never stick at first. Oh, that's true. Oh. Yeah, and just increasing your musical palette. Like, I remember, TK, you talking about forcing yourself to listen to Norma Jean because you mm-hmm. thought that that would just help open your eyes to new genres, and now you love Norma Jean. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. I probably would never would have listened to Turnstile this year if it weren't for you guys. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um. That was a fallout boy lyric. I know. I was like trying to place it. I can see, <laughs> we we can see it with, in your eyes. With how many, how much fallout boy I've been listening to lately. <laughs> I freaking love fallout boy. Yeah, dude. Well, I freaking love old fallout boy. The first boy. three albums. Gosh, they got uh, really bad. Oh, yeah. you don't like their latest one? Oh, you don't like me? I yet? haven't even listened to their latest one <laughs> because the one before it was so terrible. What one was that one? Uh, like American Dream, American Psycho, or something. Oh no, I didn't hear that one either. Oh, that one. Was, Save I kind of like that one. Save no. Rock and Roll. That Save Rock that and was Roll. Be, that American was before Dream. American Dream, American Psycho, yeah. Mania. Save Rock and Roll. I think is. The have one you I, have you heard their like hardcore punk EP that they did with uh, Ryan Ryan Adams produced it, and it's on Paxm Records, and it came after Save Rock and Roll, and they're just like, let's make a hardcore EP, and it's one of it's like one of the coolest things I've ever heard. It's I really didn't know that there's came like out with that. it's like seven minutes long and there's like four or five songs. <laughs> it's really good. Okay. Anyways, yeah, uh, Manchester Orchestra, <laughs> real good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're down to the number one picks. Yeah. You've heard me talk about this band and this album a lot. Everyone knows this one's coming. Yeah. Um, this is. Are is... you gonna make us listen to another seven-minute song? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one was six minutes. <clears throat> it's it's uh, all too well by Taylor Swift. Yep. Taylor's version, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. How long is that? By the way, ten, ten minutes. minutes. Yeah, garbage. <laughs> Just because the song's longer doesn't make it better. Anyway, um, this is in the court of the dragon. A trivium. Um, it's the album. The song I'm gonna play is Feast of Fire. Um, I think this is their single off it. And my favorite is like a sword over Damocles, but I already played that for the Nathan reacts to metal album. <laughs> and it was good. Um, not album. Um, episode. 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 Thank you. Um, <laughs> and Nathan liked it. Yeah. So it was so technical and interesting. This is, 
a crazy album. If you want to listen to an album with layers upon layers upon layers, listen to this one. It sounds like every note, every drum hit has a place. They meticulously comb through this thing. Just it's I think it's so rare to have a band come along that are equally as good as songwriting as they are technically proficient. Right. And as they are playing in a band together like that, they're absolutely incredible. Um so even if you're not a fan of heavy metal or metal or whatever you would define them as, then um, I mean, I, I still encourage you to at least give it a shot. Um, it's like if the Mars Volta was actually good at writing songs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Feast of Fire. And I picked this one because I think it's a good representation of the album in a way. It is not a long one. Half the songs of the album are like six or seven minutes long. But that's also why I picked this one, because it's not six or seven minutes long. Because I thought you guys would appreciate that. So here we go. It's good. I just wish they were better at guitar. <laughs> Maybe if they practice a little bit more. Yeah, dude. They whatever they were doing on the rough vocals with like some layering thing mm-hmm. was so interesting. Like yeah, that was I cool. Couldn't figure yeah. out what they were doing, but I was like, that I've never heard anything like that before. It was really I liked cool. I liked that a lot better than what you played on the other episode. Really? Yeah. Same. Yeah. This. I mean, this was their single. I think just because they knew it was the most accessible one that they wrote. So I guess I'm not surprised. Hmm. I remember the other one being more like anthemic. Yes. And yeah. I like that a lot about mm-hmm. it. Um, but this was like that little breakdown at the end, right before the last chorus was like, whoa, they're like they're going crazy on the bell. Like this is, yeah, this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it like distracts me from the fact that I don't like metal. Trivia, (laughs) tricking people into listening to them since early 2000s. It also it feels like this album, like, could have, with the name of like in the court of the dragon, been like super cheesy, like a death clock album or something. Yeah, but it's like super good, and Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that's cool because that's that's kind of like a a name that you wouldn't expect to be like a really professionally produced Hobbit reference. Is it? I think that's a Hobbit reference. Okay. Yeah. In the Court of the Dragon is like a chapter in the Hobbit. That's cool. I should okay. know that. I love that book. Or Interesting. Well, Tanner's going to look back. it up right now. Cool. I'm wrong well, about a lot on. of stuff, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good track. In the and I, I 100% knew that was going to be your number one oh, yeah. album. It was good. Absolutely. Oh, that's that's good. Good. I'm thinking of In the Hall of the Dragon. Of the Mountain King. Whatever. Um, <laughs> it's close. In the Court of the Dragon... Is the when I look it up, I just album. Get, 
or whatever. The tenth yeah. studio album. Oh gosh, okay. We'll just Google in the Court of the Dragon, The Hobbit. But it's also hold on, it is a book by Robert W. Chambers. So there you go. Neat. Cool. All right. Well, my number one pick uh, is an album we've talked about a lot. Uh, I think it's, is it the only album that we've done an entire episode on a single album? Yeah. If no. you don't count inside. Veggie Rocks. <laughs> that Ooh. doesn't count. Veggie Rocks was the first one. That that's a good count. point. That does count. That's a great point. That's, le- that's legit. It's a compilation album. Oh, yeah. I I think I side with now. Hold on, it is a compilation album, but those songs only exist for that album, so it is an album. False. They exist for the TV show, but those versions of those songs or the the Jonah movie soundtrack. That's true. Which was had a great soundtrack, honestly. Which is also a compilation. It's a compilation of a compilation. (laughs) We're getting lost in the weeds here. My number one pick is Olivia Rodrigo's "Sour." Um, I know we all liked this album a lot. Um, it's just, it's, I think I called it like emotionally mature, which is funny because she's by far the youngest artist out of all of the (laughs) ones in this stack. Okay. That's my honorable mention as well. I keep forgetting. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I thought you had mentioned that one. I don't know. Anyways, that was an honorable mention for me too. Words. So this is probably going to be the top rated artist slash album. Yeah. For everyone. I'd be surprised if it wasn't because we all really loved it. Um, like, I, I don't know that I've met someone who's like, oh, yeah, I hate, lo- like, Olivia Rodrigo's music. Pretty much everyone I know is like, yeah, it's good stuff. Like, there's at least one song in here that they like. Um, it's it's pretty diverse, too. I mean, I, we, we don't really need to talk a ton about it because go listen to that episode. I'll just plug that. Go back and listen to our Olivia Rodrigo episode because it's a two-parter, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Or yep. no, no, it wasn't. No, it's not. No. You're right. It's a single episode, but we talked a lot about this album. So, super solid. Track I picked is Brutal. So let's spin that baby. Disappointed cause who am I if not exploited And I'm so sick of 17 Where's my fucking teenage dream If someone tells me one more time Enjoy your youth I'm gonna cry And I don't stick up for myself I'm anxious and nothing can help And I wish I'd done this before And I wish people liked me more All I did was try my I mean, come on. I mean, we were all jamming. Yeah. We know this one. Yeah. It's... I mean, we spent a whole, an entire episode talking about the album. You know, it's it's so good. She does such a good job of, um, like, just blending, like, these, like, pop with this, like, punk kind of root to it, um, especially in that song. Um which would also have been the song we'd be hearing from me had Nathan not um, texted Jonathan first, because <laughs> this is also my number one album from 2021. Let's go, <laughs> oh, Rod. Oh. And I also picked Brutal. So, um, yeah, 
Brutal is my favorite track on the album. However, they're all very good. Yeah. I don't think there's an there's a song. If there were, yeah, I don't know that there's a song that I don't like. My least favorite is probably Favorite Crime. Um, but again, I'll just I'll just echo Nathan. We did an entire episode on this. And, um, you know, if you really want to hear our in-depth thoughts, like go listen to that episode. Um, for now, let's listen to, now that we've heard track one, let's go to track two and listen to Traitor. say we've said it all so good yeah she's phenomenal i think it's the best album of the year um and a lot of people agree and it's you know it's not even something that i would consider like if you ask me at the beginning of 2021 like oh is your favorite album of this year going to be a pop album that basically the rest of the world agrees is the best album of the year i'd be like no but here i am so um yeah it's great i love it it's uh it's just very, very well done. Go listen to our episode on it. Yeah. And the album. And I think it's a test. Like, we still love it. Yeah. And we did this. Mm-hmm. When did we do that episode? A couple months ago. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Gosh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's good. It's held up and it continues to hold up. And I'm really excited for what she does next. Yeah. Me too. Um, TK. She should go metal like Poppy did. Oh, dude. Poppy released an album this year. And it was very weird. She's yeah, TK. but I'm glad she exists. Okay, TK, what's your Take number one? Take us away. The final album. Um, I'm about to go off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a heck of a pressing, my guy. I have been talking about this band <laughs> since March <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> I I love love Tiger's Jaw. Who? Um, Tiger Shaw. Never heard of him. Yeah. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, my number one pick for album of the year is Tiger's Jaw coming in hot with I Won't Care How You Remember Me. Why don't you drop that track, Jonathan? I
I love that album. Yeah. I really do. It was an honorable mention for me. And I will say this. I couldn't knock Sour out of my number one spot. But to be honest, Tiger's Jaw, this album is probably my number five. But I knew you had picked it and I wanted to have a little more variety. So I just bumped my number six up, which Hmm. it was Girl in Red. Hmm. That was great. Until it turned in the middle, I was thinking like, dang, is Manchester Orchestra the heaviest song like a, a track from that album, the heaviest song that Tanner brought to the table today, but that was great. I I gotta listen to these guys, man. I've I've listened to like a couple tracks that you've played for me, and I've liked I've I've liked them all. So I need to yeah. check them out. And it's funny because actually Andy Hole, the lead singer of Manchester Orchestra, does guest vocals on that song. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, which is really cool. So they um. Yeah, I just I I think you know like even like the some of the lyrics of that song that are so good, you know, take time to perfect whatever version of the truth suits you best. Um and then even where he says uh but there's no medicine, no spiritual truth to be found in this. Um I see the pain not healing. I see the same p- things still overwhelm. Um just like what a good like they're so good at writing um uh, lyrics that are like come right out and say it lyrics um and and in a lot of ways they kind of really remind me of uh matt teeson from reliant k like the way that they write sure um literally wrote a song called come right out and say come right out and say yeah tiger's job was like okay fine okay fine i guess we'll do it no and actually so this this is a this was a poster pull out that you could grab and it's hanging up in my classroom behind my desk nice (laughs) and um no, it's just uh, I I think that this album is like it's perfectly uh, indie rock, emo, pop punk, and folk all in one at the same time. Because um, like it starts out very folky, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it turns into just like this like driving thing. And I, I love uh, Brianna Collins like her piano playing in this whole album. And it's cool because the next song, "Cat's Cradle," was actually inspired by "Shimmy Shimmy Quarter Turn" by Hello Goodbye. So the the keyboard lick in that, um, so there there's there's so many good things happening in this album. Yes, yeah, so I feel like a lot of their influences come out. I I think that it's just a great album if you're into pop punk, if you're into emo, if you're into indie rock. It's all of those things at the same time. Uh, yeah, just with great lyrics. Brianna Collins again uh, is is like leads a lot of these songs and is the the you know the front woman. Um, and her songs, I think. Ben Walsh does a great job, but I think her song is just cut uh, really deep. And this is the o- this is only the second album that she's been a lyricist on, and the rest of the other ones she didn't write for. Um, yeah, so it's just it cuts really hard. Again, this is like the year that like the ladies saved punk rock. Um, yeah, and so Tiger's Jaw, I won't care how you remember me. Such a good album, for sure. Nice, so good. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was all of our favorite albums yeah. from 2021. Yeah. Technically, 18 albums, right, were discussed because we had two crossovers. But other than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
We had 18 different submissions. I'm actually shocked that there, on our top fives, there was only two duplicates. And I'm shocked that what one of them was. <laughs> yeah. And I'm shocked that Olivia Rodrigo wasn't on all four of our lists. That's considering also true. she's the only person we've ever dedicated an episode to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like shocked that I had true. so much pop. Yeah, I had the I'm, softest. I'm shocked list. for you. What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> I used to be punk rock, man. <laughs> I used to be cool. I used to skate. And then he bleached his hair blonde. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a valley girl. No. Um, well, thank you guys for hanging with us, um, especially all throughout um, the year of 2021. It's been a great year to begin this podcast. Um, we're going to come back in January with our show, The Tasties. Um, which is not this episode, Nathan. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, but we're really uh, honest to God. We're really thankful for you. Thank you for giving us any of your inf- your very finite time on this earth. <laughs> uh, yeah, we appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for listening. And hopefully, your taste in music just got a, a little, little more terrible. terrible.